disdain for that whole star thing because in my era they had the stadium with the opening when they said that God left it open so that he could watch his favorite team. You can't help but love us. Just this whole talk of them being America's team. How is it that they become America's team? I've been going against that star for a long time. Even when you see somebody wearing that thing, you know, somebody has a cowboy star. It makes you just feel it's sort of a learned behavior once you get drafted to the Eagles and you're here long enough, you quickly learn how important it is to beat this team. Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time it is you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And uh, put a thank you out there for Mike Quick and Harold Carmichael there for their little uh, synopsis, their views of the Eagles-Dallas rivalry. And it is. The day is upon us. The day of reckoning. The big game that we had circled on our calendars from day one, a game that yours truly will be at this Sunday. It is the 7-1 Eagles versus the 5-2 Dallas Cowboys. And so special times call for special guests. And so it's been a while since you've been on the program, but we're going to welcome back to the program, a friend of the program, Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Matt, it's Dallas week. It's Dallas hate week. How are you feeling? And welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Let me tell you, it is great to be back on. It seems like seven weeks has gone by in the split second here, but uh, it's Dallas on the horizon. So, you know, even when I just say the word, the blood starts pumping, the heart starts beating, and I just can't wait to get to the tailgate and parking lot to hang out with all Eagles Nation as we prepare to take down once again the Dallas Cowboys with a healthy Dak Prescott. We've got a almost healthy Jalen Hurts, but uh, just looking forward to. I'm I'm looking for this to get back. I'm hoping this game has a vibe like the old Buddy Ryan Eagles of the late uh-huh. '80s, or yeah, because I just want to smack him in the mouth. Is where I'm at. I want to smack him in the mouth and just let him know who the king of the East is. I like it. I like it a lot. It's good stuff there. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's what's really key about this one and what makes the rivalry games even bigger is when both teams are good. Let's face it. When one team – it's always Dallas Eagles, and they – you know, it's always a big game and well, heated rivalry. But when both teams are good, that's when everything is amped up. And that's what we got coming up. And the other thing is, and you mentioned it, it's Jalen versus Dak because you hear a lot of these Cowboy fans out there. Oh, we've you know Dak is seven and three against the Eagles, whatever his record is. He's got a good record. He seems to play well he against the Eagles all the time. But most of those games, or what they always forget to mention, is that a lot of those games are Dak versus our backups, our Dak versus our you know the end of the year games, you know, those week sixteen or seventeen games uh, where or Hurts was hurt uh, and the backup quarterback was in there playing. Um, I'm not sure if they've even faced each other one-on-one yet. Have they? Do you know? Not, not yet. Right. So he may be whatever against the Eagles, but he hasn't faced the Eagles with Hurts. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see if that uh, changes things up. But it should be a 
electrifying atmosphere at the link. Probably not since we were at the NFC Championship game. And there's still an underlying current because that was just a – I mean, that was a different kind of excitement. That was – we win this game, we're going to Super Bowl excitement. That that's There's a different um, – I won't say a different level because obviously that is peak excitement and uh, and the atmosphere is is – ridiculous for that for that game in Minnesota against the Vikings we went to the uh, Super Bowl but but it's Dallas week but this is Dallas yeah exactly Dallas it's for it's for that first shot right this is like the opening round of like well I can't compare anyone to Mike Tyson but um, it's the opening shots between like a a Marvin Hagler Thomas Hearns battle like it's the first round so (laughs) I want to win this first round out of two. And just like I said, that's what's got all the impetus riding on this. It's a regular season game. Uh, we need to have this win before we go into the bye week because the schedule gets tough, but it's Dallas. It doesn't, I don't even think Eagles fans need to hear much more than that. It's Dallas and we are primed for uh, a championship season. And I think we are leading that a little bit. We're a little bit ahead of the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are, Right are there. a strong contender, right? So it's like, right. like you said, both teams are good. So it's going to be every play is going to be so intense. Every play is going to be don't give them an inch and take everything from them. What are the chances of us having our voices on Monday morning? <laughs> zero. <laughs> it's a zero percent chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you just said it all, and it's such a vital, critical matchup, not just because, I mean, well, because it is for the division. And the thing is, with the playoffs, you want to, if the Eagles have any aspirations for the Super Bowl, you want to be home. And in order to get home, you got to win the division. So you got to beat Dallas for the division. And that's why this game is so big, because if you get the wild card, you're on the road the entire way. You're on the road against Dallas or whoever it might be. You're going to be on the road against Detroit. You'll be on the road against the 49ers, you know, and uh, no home field advantage and certainly no bye week. So that is why this game is so, you know, week eight game to be so critical. Or is this week nine? We at week nine? Week eight. We are seven and one. So it's week uh, week nine, right? Yep. So, and here's the deal the, the 49ers, they got cracks in the armor. You they know, do. Yeah. The Vikings crashed in the armor. The uh, Vikings and are I done now. Dallas, they, don't, they just lost a quarterback. Yeah, I think Dallas and the Eagles are sitting here like, mm, we haven't played our best game yet. So I think they're both in that position of like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, they started off with their offensive line banged up. And we've had plenty of injuries in the defensive secondary. So I think both teams are coming to this game like, we know we're good. And we know we haven't played our best game yet. So I think that's why this game is going to be so intense. By the way, before we dig into the details and the keys of the game, I will mention this, and I have mentioned it in my past podcast, but since I've got you right here on the show, I will remind you that your predictions so far for this year, you are 100% effective. Isn't the, that crazy? You, your only <laughs> loss that you had the Eagles losing was to the Jets. Now, Keep in mind, yes. I'm sure you thought that they had to have Aaron Rodgers, but that doesn't even matter. The bottom line is nope. you had the Eagles losing to the Jets, and they lost to the Jets. Now, me, I'm at the same record, so I, I do have the right record, but I had them beating the Jets and losing to the Dolphins. So I just missed it by one week. But we're both at 7-1 and one right now going to this game. We'll get to our predictions later about the game, but I just wanted to give you your, uh, your flowers for being exactly perfect so far with your predictions. Preseason. Yeah, I- I appreciate that. I I'm, I knew I was close. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I predicted that, that Jets loss and the win against the Dolphins. Um, and then um, – Actually, you know what? <laughs> I did have a – I'm off. Hang though, on a I second. A, Hang on a second, folks. Back it up. Back it up. Uh, you still deserve credit because you've done well with your predictions. But what I right overlooked on. here is you had them losing last week to the Commanders. To the Commanders. So, I, because they – yeah, until I'm, last week, you were, you were perfect. So I guess my past podcast when I said you were perfect is accurate. But as of today, exactly. you're no longer accurate. You had them I'm losing off. last I'm, week to the Commanders, which, hey, they could have lost either one of those games to the Commanders. Games, right? And I'm like, boy, you know, <laughs> why is it the Commanders only play football against the I Eagles? Have no I have 
It's ridiculous. And we have a great defensive line, yet we can't touch Sam And then Howell. after they this play us, they trade away their two best players. Yeah. On defense. To the nine, yeah, Chase went to the Niners, which was an interesting oh, trade. That was so, brutal. It's going to be put up or shut up time for Chase. He's got no excuses. Well, they said he's um, – Josh Sweat is on the list, I think. See the sweater, Reddick. They had the top five defensive linemen most pressures on the quarterback this year, and Chase Young is fifth overall. Yep. And he's got like five sacks, so he's finally kind of breaking out this year a little bit. We all know he's got ability, but um, but yeah, it is make or break. And in that defense, that could be pretty scary. Bosa and Chase Young, yeah, that's that's scary. That and was Devon a good move Harder. by the 49ers. I'm like, Washington, what are you doing? I texted our the friend of the program, Johnny, who's been on here quite a few times. My audience knows who he is. And I texted him, like, what the hell is Washington doing? 49ers of all teams? You trade them out of the, out of the conference. You don't trade them to the NFC. Yeah. Well, they don't care. They're, they're like, no, I know they don't care. I, we care. You're playing. And, uh, yeah, they don't care. That's actually what Johnny yeah. said. He, he's, he basically said boo-hoo back to me in a text. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever hurts the Eagles and Cowboys most is what the Skins are probably interested in doing. Uh, the Commanders, sorry. Yeah. Not the Skins. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's interesting. Speaking of the trades, though, before we, again, before we get into the game, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about the uh, – because some of the people in the – not really so much the media, the fans. Like I think the media gets it, but some fans out there in, in the Eagles fan base, and we know some of them are just lack overall football knowledge. I hate to do that to my fellow Eagle fans, but let's just face it: there's a fraction of this of this uh, fan base that really just you really scratch your head and wonder if they even know football. And yeah. what they uh, and some of them are out there going, oh, what what. What what's Howie doing? Was he asleep at the wheel? The no trade deadline deals? They're all like giving Howie a bunch of heat. And I'm like, dude, Howie struck first, and you know he struck first. He didn't wait until the final day. He got us a two time All Pro safety. Yeah, at a position of our greatest need yeah. right now. I'm like, yep. what were you expecting him to do on trade deadline day? He struck first, and he was smart to do that because he probably might have had competition if he waited to the deadline. Yep. So yeah, I don't. And- yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of social media groups that are clearly. I read the questions sometimes or the thoughts that are proposed, and I'm like, clearly, this is just clickbait. Like these guys are making money, but they absolutely have zero, zero common sense about football, and they definitely haven't watched any Eagles games, and they definitely don't understand how Holly Roseman works. Yeah, so and then, yeah, of, then there's this crowd I, out there that's all disappointed because they didn't get Henry. I'm like, dude, yeah. first of all, they, they don't need Derrick Henry. Would he be nice to have and use in the red zone? Of course. But how many times, how many years do you have to get hit over the head with the fact that the Eagles don't spend any money on running backs? Nope. Plus, they got a good one in the stable that if they handed them the ball more, would probably be leading the league in rushing yards, and that's DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Like, that dude having a season. That's true. Yeah, that's young. true. More juice, Derrick Henry. Man, could our line blow open holes for Derrick? Yeah, but he's uh, he's got to get his wheels behind him and get some speed going before he becomes unstoppable. I I don't want any other back this year except for DeAndre Swift. Well, I'm just saying I'm not disputing the fact that Derrick Henry wouldn't help the Eagles, but they're they're not going to give away draft capital and have to pay a dude at running back. The Eagles do not ever do that. I nope. don't understand what, why people don't understand that. Just it's yeah. the fact has been out there for years, and yet people, yep. you know, it was even going back to the draft. Everyone thought the Eagles were going to draft Bijan Robinson. I'm like, there is no way in hell that Howie is drafting Bijan Robinson. I don't care if the guy was the next Barry Sanders. It wasn't happening. Nope. Yep. Totally agree. Anyway, went off on a tangent there, but uh, so anyway, just props to Howie because he struck early. But what are your thoughts? Uh, I know I know that uh, he's only played one game, and uh, what I like about this guy, and not only is he a good player, but um, but he's a leader. He's just one of those, like, I listen to some Titans um, reporters and uh, just some people, some fans, and they just talked about, even more so than how good he is, just what type of a leader and how much he's going to be missed. And that's the type of guys you want to bring in here. Yeah, and they need that because they're a young defense, right? You've got Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham leading uh, leading that whole defensive side of the ball. Slay's a leader too, but like all of those guys are probably going to be gone. This this guy, the the intention I think would be to re-sign him. 
uh, you know, for many years. And while they're working through Blankenship and Sidney Brown and maybe some other young guys that maybe come on the board. But yeah. it was a great deal. They didn't lose anything. They traded away their starter and a draft pick, and they got an all-pro. And to fill a massive need on the defense. So I'm like, that's a no-brainer. A starter, like, by the way, that was not impressing me at all. I don't know what you thought about uh, Edmonds, but no. he didn't nope. impress me much. Nope. And, um, you know, that allows them to maybe use Cindy Brown in other positions rather than safety, which right. they kind of need. So, uh, and I guess we're getting into it a little bit about the trade. I, I'm just, we can talk well, more yeah, about Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about the, yeah, I just wanted to talk really quick about, you know, the, uh, the trade deadline and, and, and the move that, yeah. that Howie made, which I think was a great, great move by, by Howie. Howie's being, they also traded away a defensive tackle and picked right. up, I think, a fifth pick or something. So he's yeah, stacking uh, that uh, street. The defensive tackle, yeah, for a sixth-round pick, I think. Yep. So, yeah, so he got I, one of his sixth-round picks back. Yep. And he's going to keep moving when they see a deal that needs to be made. But they're, you know, I. it's funny because if you go back two years ago, maybe in during the time frame of the first podcast I ever had with you, you know, Howie, we were still questioning Howie's moves. Right. Are, is he doing it? He's just back putting together. But we're like, hey, it's kind of sneaky, but Howie's had a couple good drafts here. Yeah, and he made a bunch of moves, and it's like the old school assessment of how he's gone completely, and the new school yeah. is Evans is trying to catch up to where Howie's at because Howie seems to be able to just place a call. He knows where these teams are at mentally, and he gives them a call. And he's like, "Hey, I can help you out. Let's make a deal." Yeah, and the thing is, <laughs> you know, you'd be like, "Sure." Yeah. And you're right. When you retrace back to the history of Howie, and you know, a lot of me and you, we were both like shaking her heads a lot of times saying, what the hell is he doing? And this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And, and uh, we almost have to give credit or not, not so much maybe give credit, but if Chip Kelly was never here, the second version, the 2.0 version of Howie would never have happened. Have, no, <laughs> because we, we he, have more Jim Rager's and, yeah. uh, and, you know, we gave him. A, I remember we gave him a lot of credit for moving out of Lentz and fixing a problem. Well, you did. You were you were the one that pointed that out. I agreed with you, but you're the one that made that point. Like you, you, you kind of floated that theory that hey, maybe Howie identified Wentz's weaknesses before we all saw it on the field. Yep. By and making the hurts, you know, the hurts pickup. Yeah. Yeah, that and was you. That was you that that. Uh, that mentioned that. The, the trade and the results that happened from him trading Wentz away and the picks we got back from that, uh, just that should be studied by all GMs for the future GMing. Like that should be in like GM 101. Yeah. I think it'll be studied for years. Like that, that's the way to move off of a guy that you did tie the whole organization to was the savior. And then you realize um, he's not. Yeah. So now what do we do? And not be and a GM like the. Like the Bears, who screwed up last year's draft, and thankfully we got Jalen Carter out of it. And then this year makes a trade for Montez Sweat, who this is what Howie does. He whenever he makes a big trade for a big name, he usually has a contract done, uh, either yeah. as the trade's being done or right afterwards, immediately, basically before he even puts the uniform yeah. on. The Bears He's didn't do that, and they might only fun. they might have just given away a second round pick and whatever else they gave away. And Montez Sweat says, "See you later, Bears." At the end of the season, yeah. it's not. <laughs> It's not something like that. That's why how he's the best. I don't see how you can't say how he's the best. Oh, I think he clearly is the best now. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. yeah. So great move getting uh, Kevin Bayard in here. I think he's going to help us greatly. Um, if anyone was expecting a miracle in week one versus Washington when he only had a few days to practice, I mean, again, you know, your expectations are too high. But I think going forward, this guy's going to be huge. And he also has a knack to uh, pick off deck. He's done it a couple times in his career. So, uh, good. so that's good. Let's see. Okay. I don't know if you saw the highlight video since it's Dallas week. I should mention this. Did you see the highlight video of when he was with the Tennessee Titans and he picked off Dak in the end zone and he ran it to the star in the middle of the field and did a T.O.? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, talk about no? becoming an instant Eagle, fa- uh, you know, fan favorite. Yep. Yep. He, um, I, he's a, he solidifies a spot and he's all pro. Like it's just a genius move. Yeah, we'll really see how that opens up things on the defensive side of the ball. They got a lot of young guys getting a lot of playing time because Maddox is down again. And there's there's one guy I really want to talk about yeah. when we get around to that defensive secondary. Uh, well, we can get into it. We can get into it now. Go ahead. What are you talking about? 
I'm telling you, we saw his attitude during the preseason. We were like, hey, you got to put a cap on that a bit. But oh, I know you're talking play. Yeah. Eli Ricks, man. I just, there's something about him. I, you know, when I watch football, and I've never been a scout, you know, but I watch a lot of football, and I do think that there's clear indicators early on where you know the game's not too big for this guy. Yeah. And it happens in all positions where you're like, you know, when you saw Landon Dickerson come on as a rookie, I'm like, you know what? The game's not too big for this yeah, guy. Yeah, he almost he immediately knows. saw his potential. Yeah. Yep. And Eli Rick, Eli Ricks, same thing. Like, watched a lot of him in preseason. I had no idea who he was. Didn't care what school he was from. But but you watch the way he plays cornerback. And all of those attributes that you absolutely need, over, like confidence to almost to the point of over. He's got that. He's been making plays against these NFLers. Well, that play he made I, against I, Hill, I mean, on third down. That impressed the hell out of me. There, he's over him. He's not afraid, right? He's not afraid. I'm sure he'll make a couple mistakes if he gets more playing time the rest of the year. But, man, he just – he's not afraid. He's not afraid to match up with anybody. And he's got the attitude, even if he didn't have the skill set, that overcompensates for that. So he he's just an exciting player to watch, and I hope he's on the field a bit. Um, and I hope he picks off Dak Prescott because I think that guy's. I've seen Josh Job and he's consistent, but Job reminds me more of like Razul Douglas, like maybe a big cornerback, not necessarily the fastest guy, but he's been. He doesn't seem to have the quick twitchiness that Eli Ricks has. And I don't know if that comes because he's reading the play a little bit slower, but Ricks seems impressive at this point. Yeah, he's he definitely has. And my only issue with him, I talked about it in the preseason, was I just didn't like his. You know, I was thinking if he played the way in the regular season he was doing in preseason, he was going to get flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct because he was doing a lot of trash talking on the field and taunting those type of things. Um, yeah, but he hasn't done it so far. Like after the hill play, he wasn't taunting Hill or anything. So maybe he's uh, if he's cleaned that part of his game up, then I don't have any. Uh, I'm excited about the guy, no doubt, because the Eagles have to find young corners. Because yes, they do. Slay's getting older; he's thirty something, and uh, Bradbury just turned thirty. So Dreadbrick turned 30 and he's getting a little exposed. He is. He? He's not played well this year. Oh, he's getting he's not, a little exposed. Yeah. He has not played well this year. So, uh, yeah, definitely concerning there, but Bradbury he's been now, it's not like he's been, I don't think he's really been smoked on any plays really that I can recall, no. but he's been a little, you know, one or two steps, you know, behind or, or he's right there, but he's not able to break up the plays, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, he's you know both of those guys. Once you hit thirty, that's one of those cool, that's one of those positions where you know you need speed, and that's the first thing you're going to start losing at, at thirty years old. Um, so yeah, they need to find the guys like uh, you know uh, him and and the other guy, um, which is interesting, which is kind of a sneaky move. Speaking of Howie, remember that uh, the the sort of the move that he made on. Uh, during the off season that was kind of under the radar with that Indianapolis young cornerback that was a high draft pick. He got into a gambling, um, he got caught gambling or something and he was suspended for an entire year. Um, well the Colts released him and how he picked him up. So he's an Eagle, but he can't play until next year. But, uh, they had footage of him on, I think it was the Eagles webpage either today or yesterday. Um, showing some footage of him. He's this guy's been like out working, working out, training, and getting ready for next yep. year right now. So uh, that's good to see. That's the thing about Howie, man. He is do he clearly demonstrates that he does the homework, right? He's always on it. Like yeah. you don't have to worry about. You know, I look. At, I, I live down in the DC area, so I listen to the Commanders going through all of the Daniel Snyder GMs that they had here, and a bunch of guys that didn't know football and really didn't care about football. So, people in high positions that just didn't put the time in could care less what was going on. Just enjoyed the highlight type thing, and I'm like, how he's working, man! How he has earned every penny. That, I agree. That, he does. He does look under every each and every stone and rock that he could. Yeah you know, find. And we'll see if this kid ends up being something. If he is, then there's going to be a lot of GMs who are like, damn it, why didn't we think of that? You know? Why uh, we make a move? And they're busy thinking about other things. I'm like, not Howie. Howie's yeah. thinking about how I improve this team. And speaking of that, just because it just goes right along with what you're saying, and I do think that our offensive line coach has probably got maybe more to do with it than Howie, but Howie still has to pull the trigger and draft a guy that's never played football in his life. Uh, who's our offensive line coach? can't believe I can't remember his name right now. Stalin. What's his Jeff name? Stalin. Yeah, Stalin. Yeah. 
So Stoughton is the one that brought to Howie's attention this guy, Jordan Mailata, this rugby player out there that, you know, had never played football in his life. Do you know who the number one – this just came out from pro football, uh, you know, the, the analytics that they measure everybody uh, year to date and, and game by game and all that kind of stuff. The number yeah. one rated offensive lineman in the entire NFL right now through eight weeks is Jordan Mailata. Jordan Mailata. He's number yeah. one. He's the top rated – Year-to-date offensive lineman based on pro uh, pro football focus. Number one. Yeah. I, I proof's in the pudding. That's all I got to say. Yeah, incredible. He's having a great year. Um, so so yeah, that's uh, so yeah. To your point, Howie is always working, and and if to me, I trust in Howie now. He's gained enough trust in me to know yeah. that if he didn't pull any make any moves on the trade deadline day, then there were no moves to make. I they am, weren't worth it. I yeah. am content with trusting Howie. He's not going to put the Eagles organization in a place where they are paying for everything to sink the ship five years from now. He's not going to do it. Exactly. And these other organizations do. Like, like the, the like the Bears trading for Montez Sweat. I'm like, I'm not even sure I understand that from the Bears' perspective. I know they're not going anywhere this year. No, plus you just traded for a guy that I'm like, yeah, he's got all that talent, along with the other four number one draft picks on that Washington line that couldn't ever really quite win a game. <laughs> right. I'm like, where's the, where's the smash plays? I'm like, I don't see him. Uh, usually, I mean, if you look at the Niners line, you got one, Nick Bosa. Everyone else, not a first-round pick. How does Washington put four out there? And it's like, you can't win games. I, I just don't. I don't think any of them were really worth trading for. Chase, I do think, was more upside. Yeah, bigger upside. Yeah. But, yeah, and they gave up less to get him. The Niners I know. Gave them a I know. That's what I mean. The Bears must be like, what the hell are we doing? The Bears fans got to be going crazy. I mean, yep. I'm sure the Bears fans would much rather have uh, Chase Young than Montez Sweat just because he's younger, even if he's not better than him right now. He's younger. He's like five years younger than the guy. Now, now, the only thing that's interesting about the Chase Young trade, though, is that if the Niners don't sign him to a long-term contract, the, the commanders get the third-round pick back. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, you mean you mean the 49ers get the third-round pick back? Or the, yeah, the Niners get the third-round pick back, which means that the commanders were so desperate to get rid of Chase Young that they're like, whatever, we don't care, get him out of the building. That is surprising. So that yeah. makes you wonder, like... Why are they still down on Chase Young? I mean, I know he's been injury prone. He's had a lot of injuries, but he's actually yeah. playing well this year. So he I don't know why year. they're ready to push him out the door. It's, it's kind of odd. I think maybe it says a lot about who Chase might be after this year. Yeah, right? it could be. Maybe, maybe they don't have much faith in in his seriousness about his injuries. I don't know. It was a very interesting thing when they said that on the local radio down here that they don't even, like, there's, there's if if Chase doesn't, sign with the Niners that they get their pick back. I'm like, that's a weird statue it to is. have in that. Yeah. And I've had some, I've heard some rumblings about them him in Washington about he doesn't give effort on every play. I've heard some of that coming out of yeah. you know I've that seen area. Yeah, I've seen it myself. If the play is if he doesn't get a quick rush or get quick hands on somebody, he ain't hustling at all. There's been plays where it almost looks like he and the offensive lineman agree, hey Where's this run going? It's going on the other side. Okay, yeah, let's just patty kick. Wow, so he doesn't <laughs> pursue the run at all. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, uh, I definitely liked him coming out of college. I hated the fact that Washington got him. Uh, and then, of course, whenever you have those injuries early on, you had a couple severe ones. Uh, it's tough to come back from those. And then maybe he yep. just, you know, those injuries are so bad, he just he knows himself he's not the same player anymore, and that's why he's not given – because he was definitely an effort guy at, at Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, so, but yep. when you have two major injuries and you're getting paid all that money, some guys, if they're not wired like a Brian Dawkins or a lot of these other guys yep. that are all pros every year, year in and year out, then they take a step back and they don't care that they take a step back. So yep. maybe he's just, maybe that's what's going on with him. But uh, anyway, speaking of the Washington media, I did mention, I don't know if you listened to my last podcast, but I, I had Johnny on or my previous not the last one, but one before I had Johnny on. And I did ask him uh, about if he's heard of Monday Mis- Misery Mondays. And Misery uh, Mon- yeah, he said so, he had not heard of that. So I don't know if you, if he's listening to a different radio station than you are. 
uh, down there in Virginia or or what? But he he had no he didn't, wasn't aware of that of that Misery Monday thing. One hundred six seven, the fan, the sports junkies, and they play it all day. And actually, it doesn't matter if it's the sports junkie show or whoever follows. Like B Mitch, Brian Mitchell has the show, but they just they on a Monday after terrible loss. Everything about it is hilarious for another NFC East football team fan like myself to just listen to this misery go because uh, they just promote the hell out of it. They're like, and it's just, it's it's so well done with satire and sarcasm that you're just like, man, I I love this. <laughs> All right, so so Johnny, if and when you listen to this podcast, there it is. That's the radio station. What was what you say it was one hundred six? One hundred six point seven. The fans. One hundred six point seven. Yeah. <laughs> After the commanders lose their next game. <laughs> All yeah. right, so back to Dallas. Shifting gears, let's get back into the nitty-gritty part of the game here. So, oh, by the way, before we do, one last thing I wanted to mention, because we talked about Swift earlier. Did you see that one play late in the game where he absolutely, the freaking safety was coming in on a beeline to Swift, and he put his shoulder into him and absolutely bowled him over like five yards? You see that play? I May not have seen that play. Oh, I'll see if I can find a find it on YouTube or something. I mean, it's the safety had all the head, all the uh, angle and the speed coming at him. Swift saw him and yeah. lowered his shoulder and blew the guy up. Blew the guy up. It was. He's a, I'm like, damn. I don't think people realize so like, how how physical he could be as a back. Uh, he's a well built, quick twitch. Running back with speed, who can catch the ball? Like he literally wouldn't have to come off the field, but the Eagles seem to be enamored with Gainwell, and I think Gainwell probably needs to get a break. You know, let Penny play some uh, ball. He's driving me nuts Gainwell. inside the red zone. I don't know why Sirianni seems committed to him all the time in the twenty yard line, especially yeah. when he doesn't do anything. No, and they admitted this week that Gainwell was answering social media. Right, responses. I saw that too. I didn't even know about that. Dude, I'm like, really? You can't fucking put your phone away for a game. Like I want to see that, Boston Scott in the red zone. You know, if you're not going to use Swift, put, throw Scott in there because we know he can yeah. be effective. I would, uh, Coach. Hopefully, had a talk with him to be like, dude, I need your game. I need your head in this game on Sundays, not out in the social media world. So, like, you, you either never do that again, or bye. That's that's the conversation I would have with Gamewell, and yeah. I like Gamewell, but I'm like, if you got Penny and Scott. Who are, you know, Scott yeah, Penny, is always who just hasn't even sniffed the field all year. No, I, which is interesting to me. I, I'm wondering what's going to happen in the second half of the season. Like, are they going to rest up one of those backs and put Penny in more? He's got fresh legs. I, I yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see it's, what it's just you'd like to get him at least some kind of action, though. You don't want him to it's come off when you up. need him at the end of the year and he's like, hasn't played all season. Yeah. You got to get him warmed up. But so no, just, I, I want to. Swift. I want to see a lot of Swift. Yeah, I definitely. Sunday. I want to see more Swift in the red zone. You know, I, I know they probably don't want to. They want to limit his carries because he, he himself has shown to be injury prone in his career. But I mean, you're having trouble scoring in the red zone all season. Why not switch it up? Why do you continue to put Gainwell in in the twenty yard line? Yeah. I, with all the beef that's on the defensive lines these days, I'm like Gainwell. They always run them straight up the middle. When I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I don't get how – if you want to use them for a screen pass or some play faking stuff, I'm like, okay. Yeah, And it but might I not even get... be Gainwell, really, because you think about it. If that's what you do and that's what you, they started doing last year and that's what they did all the playoffs last year and that's what they've done all season, what do you think defense are doing when they, when they know the Eagles are in the red zone? They're keying on Gainwell. Yeah. So I don't even know if it's really his fault because the not defense be. is just ready for him. They're like, okay, well, they're going to run this, they're going to run that. Gainwell's in the game. He's gonna, he does this, that, and this. Yeah. I, I did like the swift touchdown last week out of the tush push formation. Cause I was at first when he did, it, I'm like, Oh, they broke that out too soon. Like save that for the playoffs. But at the same time, I'm like, actually both of those, they can run it as many times as they want. It's going to keep the other one a surprise, you know, like yeah. now teams have to defend for both of those yeah, things. There's no way stop a tush push from here on. And out. what's good about that play yeah. is, the Eagles hit it so well, like you don't even know it's running until it's already being run. There's it's nothing. The there's line. no formation it, change. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's already around the edge. Yeah. And I'm like, By the time you know he's got the ball, he's already heading into the end zone. It's lovely. I love it. Brilliant. And, Brilliant. And, yeah. And, and there's actually some, uh, I don't know if it was Washington. I think it was like the National 
some of the national shows were saying, oh, the Washington Redskins or the commanders stopped the push push. And I'm like, no, they didn't. I said, I'm like, Hurts fumbled the ball. They stopped themselves. I'm like, why are you giving Washington credit for that? It's not like they stripped them. He just lost it. Yeah. No. Um, all right, which brings me to Hurts. So let's talk about Hurts. So my thought on Hurts this year, I've been very critical of him on his – uh, like some of these interceptions, I know he's got a lot. He's got more than he had all of last season already. I would say about half of them have been deflections, which I don't blame the quarterback for those. But he has made some pretty bad throws as well. The one that I'll never forget is the Jets game. Was That was a ball that should never have been thrown. Um, that one was worse, but but he's also missed. He's missed several receivers throwing behind the route. Yes, like yes. I was going to mention that, yeah. Ball. You know, um, all Smith of too. Smith has had the reach back for balls. Yeah, and, and they're clearly off. They're not thrown with any lead to them. So right. I don't know. You know, and you don't know if he's trying to lead or trying to throw the back shoulder. But these crossing routes, you always have to lead, right? You can't throw. Yeah, you these. have to lead exactly. Yeah, and so he's been off on those throws. They're at least balanced out by his best throws. You know, there's th- some throws he makes where you're just like, yeah, Damn, yeah he good. has made some really good ones too. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So thank God that is there, but at the same time, it's like, all right, man, work on putting these short, um, you know, short, short to medium game balls on the numbers instead of making these receivers, you know, it's taking away their ability to run with run after catch when they don't hit them in stride. Um, that's my biggest complaint about Hurts. His, his, I don't, I'm not sure the offensive coordinator knew exactly how to use the mix of him scrambling or running early on, and then I think the knee brace. And the injured knee actually forced the issue to say you're going to have more pass plays and run plays that are absolute design and not not hurts but handoffs. So yeah, I think there I think hurts can play ball, and I think he's going to be all. I think I think hurts is going to be amped up for this Cowboys game. Well, you know what's so interesting? I think oh, funny. Yeah, what's very interesting about his statistics this year is he when the Eagles have trailed, which they've trailed quite a few games to be seven and one. They've trailed in a lot of games this year. His yep. statistics are markably better when the Eagles are down in the game than when they're even or ahead. All right. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Very interesting. And they mentioned that to Sirianni during the press conference, and he was like, he was even kind of surprised by that. He's like, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit. Like, yeah. and that even surprised Sirianni. And it's like, remar- it's like way better. Like, his, his QB rating is like 20 points higher when the Eagles are down. Down. In a game. Yeah. That's the. That's the heart of a champion, right? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. That's why I brought is it up. Is he perfect? Is he perfect? No. But I'll take the heart of a champion. I think when Hurts is on the field, I think Eagles fans should realize, like, we do still have a chance. No matter how many points we're down, we've got a chance. Right. I, yeah, I agree. Now, so let's talk about A.J. Brown. I mean, this guy, uh, we knew he was – we all were, like, high-fiving when the Eagles got him. Jason Kelly Slee certainly was <laughs> when you remember him yep. when he was live on some show. And we got AJ. <laughs> when he found out about the <laughs> trade, he was going nuts. Uh, he has been like, I, I've always said that Mike quick is the best Eagles wide receiver that I ever saw play. I don't know if I can say that anymore because Mike quick never tore off games like Brown's doing right now. Uh, no, I really think that we're probably seeing covered. the best Eagles wide receiver in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles right now with A.J. Brown. Yeah, fully in his prime, too. Like, there's – you can see how much of a handful he is for defenses to try to cover. When they do double him, he's, Hertz puts the ball right where A.J. can catch it, and A.J. just plays basketball with it. He's like, nope, my rebound, I got it. Yeah. Doesn't matter who it does. I'm coming down with this ball. Yeah. It's, um, it's been fun so watching I, this guy. It is. I think our predictions right now, they've got to be on the under – of our total yards that we had for AJ, but we both had them leading the, the Eagles in receiving, right? I don't think so. Uh, I can no. take a peek. I think, well, I thought I might have said that. I thought that uh, Devante was going to lead the Eagles in, in running. Hang on, let me just take a quick look at it. Uh, It'd be funny to take a peek at that because I'm like, well, even if I said AJ, I'm like, well, I'm nowhere near. I'm like, I'm way under. I must be way under on the yards because I was thinking they would be spreading it around. <laughs> Goddard. Devante and for AJ to have six games with 125 plus yards in a row is uh, it's not been done before by any other receiver. Well, so. interestingly, for some reason, I'm surprised I didn't do this. I didn't have down here receiving yards for receivers. I had uh, touchdowns. touchdowns. 
and I actually had I had Smith with ten touchdowns and AJ Brown with oh hang on what am I doing this right okay now we both had twelve touchdowns for Brown and and uh, you had nine for Smith and I had ten for Smith okay so we both had twelve for AJ how many does he have right now. Uh, I'm not sure. Six, maybe? I would say he's got to be at least halfway there, right? Or right around there? I think he's halfway there. So we're kind of on pace for him. Uh, Smith, we're, we're, I'm way over on Smith. I have what, 10, 10 touchdowns. So uh, I don't know why I didn't guess wide receiver yardage, but I did not. I did for Goddard for some reason, um, huh. which I'm, huh? I'm going to be way over for Goddard. Way over. So you're going to end up winning that one on the old Price is Right <laughs> uh, mentality. Because you had yeah. 864 yards, which you're probably going to be over too with Goddard. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he's going to have a huge second half. But uh, we'll but anyway, we'll, we'll look at those again at the end of the season. Um, I think I think Hurts is going to show up for this game, and who knows what type of Dak Prescott we got. I think Dak is uh, he's just always played the Eagles He's due well, to have a so. bad game against the Eagles. He's due. He's definitely due to have a bad game against the Eagles because he, she gets criticized for this poor play. And when I've watched them, I watch the Cowboys. If the Eagles, uh, if I can't watch the Eagles game, I'm watching the Cowboys. So I'm like, why is it that these other teams can get back to throw an interception late? You know, he's almost like all the stats in the world, but clutch interception will go the wrong way. And I'm like, not against the Eagles. Because the Eagles, he throws for all those yards, gets all the TDs, and like plays flawless football. So yeah, I'm does. hoping Dak has an off day, and I'm hoping Jalen Carter has a lot to do with that. Jalen Carter, who, by the way, left last week's game, but uh, is been practicing in full all week. His MRI on his back came back clean, so he's going to be good to go, which is which is big. Speaking of injuries, though, I don't have the list in front of me. I normally do. Um, but from what I recall, I think pretty much everybody uh, that is a starter uh, is good to go for this game. So uh, they, they're pretty healthy, including Jurgens is Jurgens, back. So he's going to be back as well. Jurgens is a big key to that run game and pushing those blockers, uh, defensive tackles out of the way. Exactly. I think he's better against the run than, than uh, uh, who's uh, Sue Poltu. What's this guy's name? <laughs> I butchered the crap out of everybody's name on this, on this program. Uh, I guess part of my charm. What's his name? Sue Petta? There it is. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, who filled in pretty well, but uh, I think Juergens is is the key because, I mean, is it just a coincidence that the Eagles' run game has kind of been stalled since he's been out? Yeah. A little bit stalled. Not terrible, but a little bit stalled. And I think, um, you know, um, Lane Johnson gave up his first sack last weekend, right? In like two years. Yeah. I've, I've actually seen Lane. I know he got injured his ankle early in the season. Like the last few games, he's he's been cracking a little bit. I think like there's he's giving up some more pressures than normal. And again, maybe yeah. it's because he's. I know he came back from that ankle, so maybe that ankle still bothered him a little bit. But he's and I know he's getting older too. Can't expect him to be dominant and never give a sack. He, like you said, he's already given up one. But I've noticed the last couple of games that he's being pushed way back in the normal than usual in the in the Hertz's uh, face. While he's trying yeah. to, so I don't know if you've noticed that, but I definitely have. Um, but but getting back to Jalen Carter and uh, and then what I said beginning of the season, and I I said the key to this line, and they are number one against the rush. They lead the NFL. Nobody's been able to run on the Eagles this year, not even the Dolphins, who had this great running game to go along with yeah. the passing game. Nobody's been able to run on the Eagles. And I said to this season, I said the key to this defensive line especially since we got small linebackers is Jordan Davis. I said, we need him to take a big step. And he has yes. taken that step. He has been a beast. You can't move him. You can't move him. And then, uh, you know, they're just so deep at defensive tackle right now. Fletcher Cox is having a big season. The, the game that, yeah. you know, when Jalen out, Cox has come up huge. Yep. At times, especially late in games. And he's still got Milton Williams coming in there. And then, great. Uh, yeah. I saw some name in there I didn't even recognize the other day. And uh, they're just – Well, there's been times that they put Brandon Graham. They move him to tackle on some plays. I don't know if you've yeah. noticed that. There's been a couple times where he's lined up in tackle. Yep. <laughs> you know? Uh, 
So, yeah, the D-line has been great, and that's one huge key. If you can't run, if you take away the run against all these teams, that's a huge advantage. Yep, yep. and we can. We can do that. The only problem so is our defense, the secondary, is our weakness, and teams are capitalizing on that, like Howell and, you know, the other guys. So, unfortunately, so, yeah, but that's I, why Bayard's going to really help out, I think. And plus, we're getting healthy. we got Brown back and, uh, you know. We got to figure think, out who to play slot corner. That's that's I think who we got to figure out what to do there. I think the weakest is definitely the defensive secondary, but I think uh, I think AJ Brown has to have a big game and continue that streak. And if he does, the Eagles win. Is where I put it. If they're able to kind of, if the Dallas D is somehow able to contain the Eagles offense and not let us go on these thirteen minute drives, you know, um, yeah, I I just think. I think if the Eagles come out and just play ball control offense, like you're not going to beat us. You're not. Sub Dak will make a mistake trying to keep up. Yeah. I think the key is running the ball. We got to f- fire up this running game again, get Swift going, get these guys going again, mix in some Boston Scott. I'd love to see that. I think the guy's itching to play. And every time he comes in, even though he's been cold, he comes in and he gets like seven, eight yards. I'm like, just, yeah, just get Boston in the game. Um, <laughs> A hard dude to tackle. He is like a little, like a little MJD. He reminds me of Maurice Jones Drew. He's just a short, stocky, quick, yeah. fast guy. Yeah, he's good. He, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't. That's the other problem Gainwell's having is fumbling the ball. And Boston Scott yeah. never fumbles the ball. No. Uh, so I don't know. I'd love to see a little more Scott uh, in in the mix here. Um, and I think that if Dallas, because one of these teams, because he's on such a run. One of these teams, maybe it's going to be Dallas this week, is going to double cover A.J. Brown. And if they do that, I don't want, you know, Hertz has got to know that and not try to force it to him and just go no. to, you know, you've got another number one on the other side. Yeah. You feed the and ball to Devontae Smith and you got Dallas Goddard, feed the ball to him. And you got Julio. So. And you got Julio, yeah. By the way, that might be the fastest, fastest short. That was like a McNabb-like fireball that he threw in the end zone to him. Uh, yeah. Well, because who do you have left to cover Julio? You're on people's third string, you know, as yeah. their third nickelback going to cover Julio? No, you can't have that. Right. It'll be, it'll be just like that touchdown in the commanders. Like, just throw it high. I got it. Because this little dude ain't going to catch it over me. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, meet, that was another pickup where I'm like, God, how we got Julio Jones? Yeah. Off, like, I, when, I, when that trade happened, I'm like, when that pickup happened, I'm like, I thought he was playing somewhere. You know, it was like I thought he was at least on a team. Like I didn't know that he yeah. was just out there. This was his Nadamigan Sue from last year. That's this is what this is. Yes, it was, and he's already paid off. He's already caught a touchdown. He's caught a touchdown. <laughs> second game. Yeah, we don't like Quez Watkins, or I don't mind number thirteen. Uh, Zacchaeus. Yeah, Zacchaeus. Yeah, he's been pretty good whenever he's been in there. <laughs> but I'm like, but Julio's better than both those guys by far. So I'm like, what? Well, who are you gonna stop? He definitely has better hands than uh, than uh, what's his face there, Watkins. That's for sure. I think Julio is their answer in the red zone to solve some of these problems. So I go ahead and cover these other guys. You're gonna have one on one with Julio, and I just <laughs> yeah, with your third string corner. Good luck. And high, yeah, Julio's going to Hall of Fame. So, yeah. Very, yeah, yeah I, that was another. You're right. I'm glad we brought that up because I forgot to mention that. I mean, I did in past podcasts when I brought him in, but, uh, but yeah, I haven't talked to you about that yet. But yeah, getting Julio, another thing under the radar, you know, Howie, again, looking in, at, under every crevice to try, yep. try to improve this team. And that's why I'm not going to go, I wasn't ranting and raving. I was very content that the trading deadline when Eagles didn't do anything. Same here. I'm yeah. like, there ain't nobody out there that's going to be actually helpful to the Eagles. Yeah, the biggest impact uh, guy he got a few days earlier or a week earlier, yeah. you know, in Bayard. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, so the, the one question is, <clears throat> what do we do with Micah Parsons on defense? That's it. I think we run at him like we did last year. I think we exposed him last year by running at him. So do I would the do the same, same thing. Do the same thing. Put him out of the game, and we will be absolutely okay. I watched most of that Cardinals game that they lost, and that is exactly what the Cardinals did. And you, you yep. know, why did they do that? Because Gannon's their coach, and he remembers what they did against Mika yep. with the Eagles, and they ran yep. at him. They ran at him. Now, what we'll be missing if Hertz's knee is a problem is that's that's kind of how they ran at him. They right, had they did the RPO game, yeah. 
Yeah, and they got him caught in between this. What's he going? What's Hurts going to do? Is he going to run or is he going to toss it right over Parsons' head to Goddard or to the back? And so if Hurts, that's a great so point. Mobile, that's a great point. Can't. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's an excellent. That was a great strategy the Eagles had, but that was a healthy Hurts running the ball. And if he's not paying as much attention to Hurts, thinking Hurts is not going to run it because he's banged up, then yeah. Parsons might become more of a factor in this game if he's just going to be chasing the run or the running back. Yeah. So that's a good. So that, that's an excellent point. See how that plays out Sunday. That's where the matchup lies. Yep. If if Parson is being a beast like he is against everybody else, then we're then we're gonna have a close game. But if we can handle Parsons, I think we just will march down the field. We'll march and score our points because I just don't see without Diggs in the secondary and there's just not enough firepower to stick with Devontae Brown, Julio, and Goddard. Yeah, Goddard's become more of a factor in the last few weeks. He's beginning the ball like he should be. So I don't know why they weren't throwing to him beginning of the season, but that has been no. uh, they've definitely been giving the ball lately. So five or six balls to Goddard and Brown is still catching his you know 125 yards on six to ten catches, and Devontae's still pulling in four or five. So yeah, it's right where we want it to be. I think Hertz is definitely seeing the field better than he was in those first few weeks. He looks a little lost at times, but now if he could just get those balls out to the receivers in stride. Well, Hertz, uh, I thought his best game was last week. I thought he played it really was. well last week. Yeah, so that's it good. Was. He's trending in the right direction, even though he's you know he's hurt. There's no doubt he's hurt. He's still limping around out there. So that's why the Eagles got to get to this bye week, hopefully with a win. Get everyone, you know, everyone's banged up at this time of the year, but hurts especially. We know he's injured. You know, gets a couple yeah. weeks off because then, as you said, we got that gauntlet of a schedule coming up after the bye, and uh, it'd be nice to have a Dallas victory uh, heading into it. Yep, because uh, they got Kansas City. Uh, this is just this is about as tough as a. But now Kansas City is definitely not playing like normal Kansas City right, right now either. I love Taylor Swift. Let's keep it <laughs> yeah, going, Taylor. The Swift factor. Uh, the Chiefs, the Bills, then the 49ers, and then the Cowboys and Seahawks. Ooh. Uh, that, it's the after Hawks. the bye. Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys again, and the Eagle. I mean, uh, and the oh. Seahawks. Out of all those teams, so in the NFC, I think the Seahawks are the team I'm most concerned with. That was a good trade they made, too. They got Williams from the uh, Giants. Yeah, I I think Brock Purdy is getting a little bit exposed on his limitations. And I think, uh, I think the, the, you know, even on the AFC side, the Chiefs have showed those kinks in the armor. But I'm like, I think the Niners. Niners and Cowboys, I think, are on one level just below the Eagles. I think the one team in the NFC that's up with the Eagles is Seattle. Wow, you're pushing them up that much. I mean, I, I, you know, I had them losing this year to the Seahawks because they just never beat them. Even when they're not good, they don't beat the Seahawks. So. That's true. Yeah, we have awful luck. Just never beat that team. So oh. I had them losing that game. Uh, but uh, you know, the Chiefs, is, Chiefs game is on the road. It's going to be tough to beat. You know, even though they're not firing at all cylinders, it's still hard to beat the Chiefs at home. Um, yep. The Bills are in Philly. The 49ers are in Philly. And the Cowboys will obviously be on the road uh, the second game. And yep. the Seahawks are on the road, too, I believe. I think that game's in Seattle. So, uh, yeah. So they have to – you know, this is really – I don't want to put too much on one game, but I really think the Eagles have to – like if they have Super Bowl aspirations, which we know that they do, if they want to make this road a lot easier for themselves – this is a huge game on Sunday to get yep. a win. To get a win out of this one. Yep, and I think they're going to show. So I, I'm not, you know, Sirianni's a great coach. He always has his guys ready to play. I think the the veterans after that loss took charge of the locker room and said, "No, we're not letting this happen. We're better than this." So I think they're all going to come out pretty fired up on Sunday, knowing that the bye week's right there, and knowing that hey, this is our victory. We get to get to. There's a bye week with a eight and one record. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. You leave it all on the field. No reason not to leave everything on yep. the field. You got two weeks off, and you got to you know come back and get focused on the, the Chiefs. But you know if they lose the Chiefs, it's not a big deal. I mean, Chiefs are obviously number one. They're good. And secondly, it's a non-conference game, so it's not really going to impact them much other than the loss column. But you really want to rack up these, uh, stack these uh, NFC, especially divisional games. Uh-huh. This is what you want, though. I mean, how awesome is it going to be to watch these games, right? All of those games are going to have at home during the playoffs, like, consequences, right? So, like, 
they're going to be awesome. They'll be well tested for the playoffs. Yeah. That's for sure. That's what yeah, they will. Is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So get the home field advantage any way you can, and then you know be tested. They're they're going to be tested by the time they get there. So uh, outlook is good. I know we're in about an hour in, so I don't. Yeah, know I'm going to be wrapping we're up. In. We're wrapping up right yeah. now. Uh, so okay, prediction time. We'll be there in person, and uh, can't wait for that. We're going to be tailgating it up. It's going to be a little chilly, but it's football November weather. It's not going to be too bad. I think I saw like uh, 60s during the day, but like 40s at night or mid 40s. So yeah. not too bad. The high is 64, but it's. It'll, it'll be a lot warmer good. than last year's uh, Jaguars game for you. Yes. Oh, my God. That was 40 degrees. And Matt, COVID. Had, Matt had COVID also on top of Terrible. it. Terrible. <laughs> you were miserable, dude. I felt bad for you. I really, I was like, oh, man. Couldn't even enjoy it. No. So, uh, so yeah. Let's, let's, uh, we talked about the keys. I don't have the injury list, so uh, normally I run through that, but uh, for the sake of time, uh, just uh, take a look at that, uh, you know, if you're curious. I know the Eagles are pretty healthy heading into this game, so that's a good thing. No Watkins, obviously. He's on the IR. Jurgens is coming back. Um, and I think everyone else is pretty, pretty healthy for the Eagles. Um, so, Prediction time, Matt. Let's uh, let's put it uh, let's put it out there. Now, during the season, during the preseason, you predict the Eagles would win, as did I. But now is when the rubber meets the road. So it's Dallas. So I'm going to bring in a lot of emotion to this score prediction instead of logic and reality. <laughs> so I'm going to say 34 Eagles and Cowboys 17. Wow! So you're seeing pretty much a blowout for this game. All right, I like that. I, I like it. I, kick their ass and then kick their ass again. <laughs> and then they're down. We're going to kick their ass again. So That's this is the game you're predicting. This is going to be the game with Dak struggles. Finally. Yeah. Finally. He's we not going to put up 30 on this team. Like he's been doing the last few games. Yep. I like the 34 score. Um, I might be, I might bring it down a little bit. I think this might be more, a little bit more of a defensive battle than rather than a shootout. So I'm going to say no. I love the 34. I hope the Eagles score 34. I think if the Eagles score 34, they win the game. So I'm I'm all with you there. But I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 27 to 16. Okay. So one point lower for the Cowboys. Yeah. I like 27 16. I think the Eagles defense is going to show up. What do you think about the Kelly Greens really quick before we go? I would I like both their uniforms. I like their Hunter Green that they've been wearing the last like decade, but the the Kelly Green, I can't there's so much that just reminds me of the Buddy Ryan defense. So like these guys when they fly down, I'm like Seth yeah. Joyner, Seth Joyner, Seth Joyner. Eric Allen, Reggie, Jerome, yeah, Hopkins. All those guys, yep. man. That's that's the thing. And then you think about defense. When I see the Kelly Greens, that's what I think of, defense. And Cunningham. Yep. Cunningham's probably the only offensive player I think of. Yeah. Cunningham and, and Car- defense. Jalen Carter looks like JB out there in that Kelly Green. He does. Beautiful. He reminds me of Jerome, the way he plays. Yeah. So let's hope that they blow up that. I mean, I just think the Eagles' D is going to be amped for this game. That's why – and it sounds like you do too. We both have the Cowboys scoring under 20. I think this defense is going to show up this weekend. I think. I think, I think, you're, I think, I think we have a beat them up. Bayard's going to be back there. He already reads Dak well as it is. He's going to have a whole week practice with the Eagles. Um, you know, everybody's pretty much back. You got Blankenship. By the way, that was one of my predictions. He would lead the Eagles in interceptions. I think he's tied with Slay right now for the lead. Yeah. Um, so he's he's a sniper back there. And I think it's it'd be great to see Dak have one of those blow up games where he gets he gets picked off like three times. But he even recovered last year, if you remember that game in, in Dallas when Josh Sweat, remember he threw it in and they Sweat picked it off and ran it for a touchdown, pick six. He even came back after that and got a touchdown or in beat the Eagles, I should say. Yep. You know. All right, so there you have it. Both Matt and I have the Eagles winning. We will be there in person, and that is why, by the way, uh, there will be no post game. Unfortunately, I know I'm going to disappoint all my all the fans and audience out there. No post game because I'm going to be down in Philly, so I will come back early next week and do my recap of the Eagles' victory over the Cowboys. 
to keep things positive and speak it into existence. Matt, thanks again for tuning, for you know jumping on as always and being a part of the program. And I'll be seeing you in a few days. And uh, we get to watch this Eagles team in person. So thanks again. Thank you all for listening. And uh, go Birds, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Let's beat the Cowboys. See you next time. Eagles!